0: Does it work yeah perfect awesome appreciate it man sorry about that Cool. All right. no worries larry williams everybody aka the bone collector um super how are you guys doing super excited to have him on man um this is awesome i'm sorry thank you for having me um we, we got muhammad ali the goat um, yep. in the chat too this is his first interview so um yeah, Larry, thanks again, man, for taking the time. This is unreal.
1: No problem. Yeah, really Thank you guys it. for having me. No problem. Yeah,
0: definitely, man. So we we talked to we talked to main event. We talked to, to Grayson. Um, and now we, we got Larry, aka foam collector too. So um, Larry, uh, I'm curious, man, um, you know, how did you start growing a passion for the game of basketball?
1: Um, well, my passion started um from a young age. When I was five years old, my dad took me to a local high school in my uh, area. And we went out on the outside court and worked on pick and roll for hours. And um, that kind of motive, motivated me to kind of want to learn the game. So about five years old. Yeah, That's
0: that's awesome, And So um, yeah, that's cool. did you always know, like you wanted to pursue this as a career? Um, you know, you attended Chafee College, Global Institute of Technology, mm. have this passion to, you know, to do this full-time, whether it was professionally in the NBA or, or, um, you know, the unconventional route of, of street ball, um, you know,
1: take us through, the, through that time of your, that period of your life. Um, uh, I didn't particularly think basketball would be my career to start because I was, you know, as a kid, you want to do, you know, things that are, sort of imaginative so I wanted to be the truth truthfully I wanted to be a scientist when I grew up Mm. Um, but as the years got went on and on I got a lot better um, from the ages of you know from eighth grade to about your senior year in high school that's a big development stage for all kids so during that time I just me and my dad went outside we played so much and we played everywhere against every type of competition that you know, if it gave me an, an edge on everybody. So the high school players that were on the team, they didn't want to play me no matter what. Because even though I wasn't on the team, I was one of those, you know, there's always that one guy out at the school lunch game that you're like, man, you should put that guy on the team. Right? I was always that guy. Like, hey, man, we need to put him on the team. You know, he needs to be on the team. He's crazy. I, that was my always my thing when I was young. And then as I got older, I realized that accolades are fine, but I didn't understand the game as much as I thought I did. So. By the time I was a senior, I went to junior college, uh, my Chafee experience, it gave me a lot of uh, experience for what my next step was, which was going to Rucker Park and uh, winning an MVP. So that whole process was just, uh, it's just it was just like like slow cooking a meal sort of, you know, you don't want to go pick at the meal while it's cooking. You want to wait till it's done and then you have a better product. So I kind of took that approach after high school that I didn't think, I, I didn't want to be the best. I just want, even now I just, I work out. I work hard to be good at everything that I'm personally good at. So I master my personal craft, and then I could just work from there.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. I mean, um, no, I don't know about you, Muhammad, but I was always playing like the And One video game too. Like that was my yeah. game too, man. Like, mm. um, nice. But yeah, no, that's that's crazy. Um, you know, with Rucker Park, and I mean, obviously that was a huge place for And One and two. Um, you know, talk about that transition, too. I mean, you know, to establishing yourself as a, a true streetball legend, especially in those early M1 days, because, you know, that yeah. almost revolutionized, like, pop culture and in, in the game of basketball.
1: Yeah, it was uh, – during that time, streetball was uh, on a different level because I didn't know the genre. I didn't know if it was – Appropriate. I didn't know if it was because you have like when I say appropriate, you're as a kid. You're saying I'm gonna go out to this park. There's no security. There's all these crazy wild people screaming at you,
0: and he says, this is New York.
1: So I don't know if you've been in New York. Hecklers, they're different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you is this the environment? Like you as a think about it as a kid. If you're 17, you were, are you comfortable there? Right. So being that that atmosphere was there, and then in the early 1999 2000 um streetball didn't I don't think it had a genre that we knew about until the Annual mixtape hit this the scene mm-hmm. and then everyone you know got the notoriety to go out to the park and, and want to pursue playing at the park or you just got kind of a background about Rucker Park mm-hmm. um so that that in itself was there was some there was some taboo or some mystery about the best players in the world being in New York the mecca of basketball I, I was when I was young that was what I was always told New York is the Mecca of basketball. New York is the Mecca of basketball. So um I was just blessed enough to enter during the time where streetball and one the and one mixtape was on ESPN every night. And so was the NBA. And I believe the you know, I'm not, you know, saying this in a better or worse fashion, but I just say I would say that the NBA and Anwan were competing for time because everyone watched that one at the time, yeah. I believe. And um the blessing for me was, I didn't play on N1, but my name was so big and people knew me so many places that they always associated me with N1. So even you, even on these podcasts, you when you say Bone Collector, you would assume, or you think that I played N1. But I've never played N1 until the tour was actually done without, with the mixtapes and then we did some over, overseas stuff. But that it was monumental. Every basketball player starts from somewhere. You can call it street ball if you'd like, but it is right. just the blue the blueprint for how you learn. So I think that it's very important, very valuable to um, be in the situation that I was in. And I'm very thankful that I was in that situation in New York at Rucker Park.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I know talking to Wally, um, AKA Main Event, he, you know, he, he talked to us about how, and one was almost structured like a business, right? Like you needed to entertain in order to, you know, keep the show going. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. So on ESPN so from your perspective I I know you said you know you didn't really um you know associate yourself with AM1 until a little bit later on
1: in the process
0: Mm. I mean ever at some point in your career feel like you had to readjust your skill set or were you like man this is my style of game like you know they Mm. adapt to me like was there ever that thought process
1: um There was two different scenarios. That's a great question. There's two scenarios where my skill levels changed. So I don't know how old you guys are, but when I was young, Allen Iverson's crossover was like the fountain of youth for everyone, right? We, everyone tried it and something happened um, to where that we didn't, my peers and I, we didn't use that move as much, right? You know, just, you know, when you play basketball as a kid, pretty much you guys all use the same moves kids always use the same moves on each other so on and so forth but something changed when Allen Iverson we hit the league it gave guards like my, myself the ability to to not only just dribble the ball but to be able to shoot score drive dunk everything so we thought more outside the box so that was the first change in my game where I didn't think that oh because I'm little I just have to just dribble 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 shoot, dribble 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 shoot I- Iverson there was a shot chart that I had in my room where it showed him laying the ball up. And then on the yeah. shot chart, each part of his body would show where he was injured. Yeah. <laughs> and I had that poster on my wall to remind me that it's not easy to, you know, accomplish the things that you want, especially with basketball it doesn't matter if you're in the NBA or not. Um, you still have to be prepared that you you might have to go through some things. And then the second time it changed was from more where you're speaking of when the animal mixtape hit it, it, it caught fire, and then streetball players got a bad moniker. Right after that, it was like, "Oh, they're ruining the game." You know, doing all these moves is not basketball. Doing this, that, and the third is not fundamental. It's not gonna be this, that, and the third. So, when that happened, is when I when I went to Record Park. Record Park is um, basically like an NBA game outside. So. You know, you got Iverson, Kobe, rest in peace. You Steve Francis, all, you know, Jamal Tinsley, all these guys I've uh, came across during that time in that park. And what that did was because you get that moniker, street ball players are ruining the game. It forces a person like myself or, you know, other pros that are playing street ball to actually play an NBA game. Like you we forget the, all the other stuff now, right? That's, that was the transition. So. It was more of a pressure, pressurized situation for me because, hey, you don't want to be known as someone ruining the game. That's just what it is. You know, no one wants to be known that way. And when you have a big enough name, people will actually throw that on you. I'm pretty sure a lot of my n one associates have been, you know, put in that category of messing up basketball. And I don't think there's a way to mess up anything if you're good at it. But that was probably my biggest transition in my game. It made me, uh, uh, you know, all... To, all, all consummate pro i was you know more focused i had i learned how to play with good players i learned i had a my teammate was such a great scorer shout out to Corey homicide williams that it taught me throughout those years playing on his team that if i was playing in the nba my shooting guard would really be able to score 50 points how do i play with some person like that maybe you know that's when i was young i thought it was cool just to go out and have fun but that's now a job you know that's a, that's not easy that's a relationship you have to build with that player that's You got to know where he wants to score, blah, blah, blah. So it changed my mindset and it made me more of a professional today.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely. So when you talk about that experience at Rucker Park, um, you know, there was that time where, I mean, you cross that kid out of his shoes, his shoes, you know, everything's blowing up, Um, you know, you're on USA Today. Um, And then I saw, like, you, you formally challenged like Allen Iverson and, and Kobe uh, you just mentioned yeah. um, mm-hmm. to a one-on-one game and you had $50,000 on, on the line. Um, yeah. I'm curious, Did they ever formally accept that challenge or ever formally reach out to uh, you um, during that time period? Because that's
1: crazy, man. Um, because I work for the NBA, I'm not allowed to speak on those two topics, but let's just say that um, – I, I can, can tell you that I eventually played Iverson overseas. Um, and me and Kobe Bryant, we never got a chance to do anything other than develop a friendship as basketball brothers. Um, that, during that time, um, the challenges were big. I challenged anybody at the time. It didn't really matter because it was those two. But I just felt like they were the best two players in the world at the time. Besides like Tracy McGrady or something like that. So I challenged McGrady too. It just never got broadcasted the same way because, you know, when you're just with your friends and you're just saying things and they actually went to radio stations like, yo, Ron said he can beat this guy. So yeah. I didn't care because I was ready to, you know, what, what what kid wouldn't want to play Allen Iverson 101 if you really thought you were good enough to play him? Yeah. I, I mean, that was a dream come true for me to even just be shared the court with him as I got older, but. Right. You know, all the challenges yeah. that I made, it was no disrespect to those guys. I just really wanted to try to see how my skills looked up against the best players ever, in my opinion, some of the best players ever. Would you like to
0: challenge anybody in the league right now or in, like, college, fall scene right um, now?
1: Right now, I would like to ch- play Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, um, Kyrie. Jamal yeah, Curry, Jamal Crawford, and I wanna say um Damian Lillard and John Moran and Chris Paul. Those are all those games for me. If I play in those games, I'll learn a lot about myself.
0: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, there's that footage of you and um, you know, Grayson at uh, you know, showing James Harden some moves. You know, I saw Yeah,
1: I've known yeah, I'm um pardon me, but I've known James for, throughout his college career, when he was younger in high school, me and James were really good friends. Um, showing him some moves was basically like two friends in the backyard working on stuff. Uh, shout out to Professor, we we went over a lot of different stuff. James was so happy to, and so, you know, enthused to learn because he watched the Mixtape tour that it made it real easy to work with him. He, uh, um, he was just ready to uh, uh, learn all that stuff quickly. And he has a, a nice handle where he can actually pick the moves up quick. So it was fun.
0: Right, but you guys have never played a formal one v one,
1: no? No, not yet. No. no. Have
0: Have you Have you and Grayson? I you and Grayson have probably you know have this
1: oh yeah. Well, yeah, when it comes to me and Grayson, aka the professor, we played so many one on ones. <laughs> I cannot even begin to tell you. Have you talked to him? He'll, it asks him a story about the first time we played in an actual game against each other. Um, he'll tell you the story where I think he came down and he hit a jump shot. Yeah. And he's really disrespectful when he makes a jump shot. Like He'll point at you, he'll yeah. <laughs> backpedal, he'll do something, right? And I think he he's an antagonizer. I call him the master <laughs> antagonizer. So. I come down, obviously, you score I mean scoring this happens in the game, so I'm coming down, I'm in attack mode, I go to the basket, and not on purpose, he reaches in to try to get it and pokes me in my eye where I can't see yeah, and yeah. this is no joke. We looked at each other and, I, and I, we just shook our heads like, I see how this game's gonna go yeah and he, <laughs> it, what it, what it did was it wasn't a you know it didn't make it personal, it just let me know that. I mean, here's this little uh, 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 white kid, you know, 5'8", 5'10", 5'9", 5'8", if that, that will not stop playing no matter what. Accidentally poking the eye doesn't matter. And then I'm still here. I'm going to play. And it made me respect him more as a competitor because, you know, all jokes aside, you know, streetball players saying they want to compete on a pro level is fine but there's a realistic side to that you know there's 48 minutes of basketball to play how efficient can you be what can you do in 15 minutes of basketball time on the nba floor if you get that much time being and knowing and having friends like grace and knowing that he's a you know he's a great you know he's a professional he knows how to you know you know his mid-range game and all these things that he works on uh, people that people don't see we worked on ourselves you know together for years you know we were on tour together for i believe seven years and um then at, at a certain point we just developed a camaraderie where we when we go on the court it's kind of like i mean yin and yang he he whatever we kind of like feed off each other's energy and to be honest every time we go out we usually like break the internet or something something yeah, crazy perfect. i don't know how it happens i don't not, you know we're not trying to go out and do anything but as soon as we go out, just you never know what happens. And I, that's the one thing yeah. I like about being, you know, a streetball player. You know, having a streetball skill set means you can go out and entertain a crowd on your own, you know. It takes 10 right. people to make a basketball game. But for streetballers, it takes one person and one play you can make the whole day.
0: Yeah, for real. Yeah. man. I mean, it, it, just over the years of how many times you play Grayson, if you had a pick, like,
1: Who's winning the majority of those games? I mean... We never talk about it because people want to see us play. So I'll still leave it at that. But if people want to see it, we'll wait to the time we play and let people decide who wins. I never want to put that out there for him. He'll probably tell you. You can ask him, he'll <laughs> tell you. But I personally don't because I would like to keep that fire built up for when we actually do play That's for, the, for That's the fans. Fair. Yeah. yeah. But what about
0: um, the broad... I know they weren't able to broadcast it, but... Uh, the time with Tracy against Tracy or, or, uh, or AI. Can you give us a little sense
1: of those games at least? Oh, yeah, I can't, well, I, 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 it was in China. The game was, uh, um, I'm not allowed to talk much about it, but let's just say Iverson was just, you know, during that time he was, um, I think he just came from playing in uh, somewhere overseas, he was kind of reassurging his career. To be honest, at that point, I just wanted to pay homage to Iverson. It wasn't more so like when I was younger, I was ready to like take his head off. I was in attack mode and blah, blah, blah. But after a while, I was still in that mode, but it was more so paying homage to my friend. He was my friend at that point. And to watch him grow as a man was very much more important to me than to see him play basketball or try to play him in basketball. And he was going through some things in his life that he changed and he, and he grew out of that made me a better man. So during that time it was very valuable for me too. Cause we talked, when we left the court, I was in his room every night and we talked about everything. So it was, you know, it was special, it was a special time and big shout out to Iverson. Without that moment in history, it wouldn't have changed my life and made me more focused and, and got me to the places and positions that I'm in now. Yeah. So so- thank you, Chuck. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, do, you, do you still talk to them? Uh, periodically, here and there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Ever, ever a combo of, all right, we got to go at it again, man. 1v1.
1: Let's do it. Well, I mean, people shouldn't. I mean, that's just me naturally now. I think right. that when people get around me, they all they say, well, I'm not. They'll say either I'm going to play or I'm not. So I don't have to ask the question. So I think that I've probably built up enough uh, – I guess momentum to where people know that when you see me or you come around me, you know that that's the only option. Get out here on the island and make sure yeah. you bring a life <laughs> life vest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man.
0: Hey, I mean, you definitely when that momentum happens. I mean, stay clear. I mean, I was watching, um, you know, like the the um, you know the event with Gronk, Snoop Dogg, the celebrity basketball game, and mm-hmm. you just ankles. Oh, man. I mean, take so bro,
1: that was probably the most. So the play with power 106 versus Floyd Mayweather happened the first play of the game. And in my opinion, it's one of my most my favorite play ever because it's Floyd Mayweather and he doesn't like to lose and his feet are really fast and his hands are really quick. And he made me overthink when, when you initially go up against somebody that's a top athlete, they don't ever make you overthink situations. He was the first person to make me kind of sit back, like, why is he pressuring me? Does he not know that these are actual <laughs> chainsaws? Yeah. And so I didn't understand, you know, I learned a lot from just playing against Floyd. And it wasn't just that particular play. It was more so throughout the period of the game. He was giving me little gems here and there about defense um, and so on and so forth. But even though... Um, his defense on me wasn't good enough at the time. I still listened to what he had to say because he is, you know, one of the best boxers of all time, if not the best boxer. And I, all I could say is, all I remember is when when it happened, I just seen him on the floor looking at the ball go in, and then I remember Nate Robertson tackling me. And then I remember Gronk just just punching yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. Snoop and Kuzma and all these guys just <laughs> punching me and. I didn't know what was going on because it was first play, but I do, you know, I can't think, uh, you know, my, my work ethic is different. So I want to thank, I thank my father for those kind of situations because I was already prepared for that, that move. I've done that move numerous, numerous times. And I, and the truth is I didn't get to do is the moves I wanted to do. Those are the moves I was forced to do. So that's why, you know, I always say when you master your craft, doesn't matter who you play, you don't have to grow up and be somebody. You were born somebody. You put that work in, and you will become deadly at what you do. No, absolutely, man. I
0: mean, it shows. I mean, you played against and you've made a presence among, you know, some of the greats. I mean, we just talked about it. Floyd, did he ever reach out to you after that moment? Or um uh yeah, uh, me and Floyd
1: were, Yeah, me and me and Floyd always been cool. Um, he did an interview right after that that I found hilarious. Um Floyd is Floyd. Um, We've always been cool. Um, There was an opportunity for me to um, work with him in some capacity, uh, but the COVID happened um, Mm. shortly after. Um, But, you know, Floyd's always cool with me, no matter what. Um, I just, you know, hopefully I'll get to play him again. And, you know, a lot of people ask me right after that, well, why don't you get in the ring and spar with him or box him? I said, yeah, you know you have to give me at least 10 amateur fights before you (laughs) go and jump in a ring with somebody like that. You don't want to just, and there's the, the message for kids. If you're gonna box or, you know, say you're boxing Floyd Mayweather, you jump in the ring. You don't just jump in there. You take your time. You work through that process. And on the flip side, Floyd Mayweather being a basketball, uh, trying to play basketball. You don't just jump on that floor without doing your homework and guarding a few people like myself, which is probably, you only going to guard me once in your lifetime. So, you know, respect it or get collected at the end of the day. But, for the kids, you know, you be, be prepared for what you're planning on accomplishing. I'm I love the sport of basketball. So every day I work on different ways to make myself better at it. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: So those those were probably the best ankles you've ever collected.
1: Hmm, I would say. Uh, I don't know. There's some there's some things that happen. Like I've actually broken some bones, like made some knees come out of sockets and things that I assumed out that, that I think are number 1 but as far as you know popularity wise Floyd's number 1 number 1 yeah. talking yeah.
0: about um hopping in a ring with Floyd like his upcoming fight mm-hmm. would you be interested in being like opening up for him like fight wise or being a parent in the fight um, some orpheus
1: I mean I don't I think I would be more it would be more antagonizing if I was there I don't know what capacity I could be there in, but, um, sure. I would support Floyd a hundred percent. Of course. That's my, you know, my good friend. Um, he's, uh, watching him box is going to be special anyway. So if he wanted, if, if that was an opportunity for me, of course, I would go out and support him. And then, um, I would stay away from the basketball jokes as well so he can focus. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I mean, plays, against some of the greats. I mean, some awesome, yeah. um, you know, talk, did, there is one, uh, match I want to go into is, um, you know, rest in peace, Mac Miller. Um, you know, the, you guys played with each other and, um, you know, talk about that moment. I mean, it was um, you know, a pretty funny video and he took it, you know, very professionally and, um, you know, seemed seemed a yeah. great guy. I mean, talk about sharing the court with him and, um, you know, what you say after uh,
1: after that, but uh, <laughs> on them. So uh, I met um, Mac Miller that day and probably the coolest guy I've, I've been around in a long time. He was very nice. Um, when he was out there, he was really just having fun. And he happened to just run out onto me, which I think is the wrong idea. So when it happened, um, he, I seen him in the back. Chris Brown and all those guys try to take his jersey and get him off the court like uh, yeah, um, uh, at the time um, D'Angelo Russell was our coach he made me leave he told me to get out of here you can't come back you, you have to come back at halftime so the whole crowd was laughing at that part that he made me leave um, but then I when I came back around in the in the uh, in the lo- uh, excuse me in the locker rooms right. in the hallway I see Mac Miller walking just walking Yeah, so I just, you know, stop and say what's up. And he's and he's like, man, I don't even know what happened. (laughs) And I said, uh, you ran out there too fast. He said, I love basketball. It doesn't matter He said he said, man, I already know. This is probably a meme right now on the Internet. And I was like, and you know, Internet was picking up momentum at the time. So I said that, but I didn't think it was real. So by the time I got home, it was on the breakfast club. It was everywhere. So. Um, it was just one of those moments that I think that um, that's what streetball is about. You know, it's one of those that's one of those streetball moments. You know, you get a celebrity, you get a uh, streetball player. They go on head to head. It could have won either way. If a celebrity hits a three, then the crowd goes crazy or if a celebrity falls, the crowd goes crazy. So I think it was a great moment for streetball. And uh, rest in peace, Mac Miller. He was a great sport. Um, and, you know, he was just a good person, man. Shout out to uh, his family absolutely man absolutely yeah you
0: know out of you know if you had to pick one the best rapper you played against and um or the best celebrity you've played against and um you know the the most memorable NBA player that you played against uh what what were the similarities between those two matchups for you and uh you know what stood out between those those matchups I
1: guess Okay, so when it comes to um, the best celebrity that I've ever played, yeah, um, I would have to say there's so many that I don't think I've been able to see them in the right capacity because these are all-star games, celebrity games. They're not able to show their their real skill set. But that's a tough one. I don't think I can answer that one. Uh, Um, But what I can't they're all, they all, Snoop, game, um, all these guys play. Um, I can, I can attest to playing on the team with the game a lot. I played on ABA teams with game. I played on Drew League teams against game. Game is actually, you know, very serious about the sport. That's what I will say about that situation. Um, and then as far as NBA players, obviously Iverson and Steve Francis and Skip, to my Lou and I mean it was everybody really I, I don't want to put that moniker on one person but the right. I think the, the most amazing player I've ever had to get on the floor and play against and some of the toughest matchups I've ever played it was Gilbert Arenas and Allen Iverson mm. um, Gilbert Arenas was probably was so, such a crazy score um, that it was I actually learned a, a lot watching Gilbert because Gilbert his shooting range and where he shoots from his mid-range shot all that stuff is so awesome that i wanted to take it from his game really like give me your uh, give me your jump shot <laughs> yeah, and yeah i'll give you yeah. some of my handles right yeah um, so playing him was a crazy crazy experience um playing iverson was a crazy experience and now how those two you know relate from the entertainers and the pros there's a seriousness to this the game that you know that develops over the years and when you're kinda going through basketball and then you run into somebody who's really, really dedicated to the game and they're really focused, it shows you maybe some steps that you may have missed in perfecting your craft. So watching those guys and how they prepare for what they do on and off the court made me a better pro, made me a better person in the, in the sport. So. You know, that's pretty much how they relate. And, um, yeah, Jamal Tinsley was also a uh, uh, great matchup in New York, one of the most memorable New York New York games I've ever played in.
0: Yeah, oh, that's great, man. Is there is there one player that stands out to you that you feel like would be a good fit in the and-one days or you wish that you could see them play in Rucker Park? I know it's tough, but mm. that stands out to you? Um,
1: Cur- Curry, Kyrie Irvin. Um, Curry and Irvin. Um, I've seen most of the other guys play a record, but I would love to see what Kyrie Curry would do in a record park, James Harden. I I mean, I mean,
0: from your standpoint, because you, you know, the first half of your career, right. It's like traditional media with ESPN and, and one, and now you have Mm -hmm. social platforms and the content creating industry. Uh, Mm Um, you know, it's just blown up, man. I mean, you're seeing a lot of um I mean you're a perfect example of it you know you you've shown that you can really build your own business and entrepreneurial spirit through ten creating and showing your own basketball skills and and sharing it with the world um what is, would you say like if you had to relive if you had to pick the first half of your career uh playing with And1 or that that time period you did play with And1 and you associated yourself with And1 um and, you know, sort of traveling and, and going to different places face-to-face, or do you like the digital creation side of, you know, similar to what you and Grayson have been shown amplifying and inspiring young hoopers? Like, in some ways, I think Muhammad and I could agree to this, like, yeah. I think you've inspired hoopers to, to be... To be going to the content creating realm more so the NBA like you guys shown yeah. pioneered that industry and showed there's a right. level talk about that is there one half low that that you prefer
1: um there's no preference I'm not a big media guy but I do understand influence um as far as preference grows I'm I'm a hit the ground running kind of person yeah. I like to be hands-on I like to be in the streets and working and training and doing all the things that are that don't get uh, put in on, on paper. I like to do all the behind the scene th- scenes things because it gives more substance to your craft. Um, but being that social media is powerful. And like Professor told me, hey, you were on a Rucker Park DVD when I was in 10th grade. You were an influencer before I knew what an influencer was. If you've, the magnitude of, you know, being an influencer um, is felt. And you, you know, like you say, you have a whole genre now. You know, there's a, Million different things you can do in for content creation nowadays, and basketball is a major part of those um, situations. So, I think that you know, in a way, uh, by default, I just had my hand in you know changing. I guess a, little, a few things that from the digital aspect because of my skill set, uh, I won't take that for granted, which is why I do and and I continue to push forward and strive to change and keep up with what's going on, um, socially, um, especially with the internet and everything changing every day.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. And you were in a movie too, Bompton had a dream. I mean, the content creating is propelling <laughs> movies now yeah. too. I mean,
1: yeah,
0: I mean, you made a cameo appearance in that. I mean, we seen mm. movies from, uh, from the bone collector. I mean, I know was in uh semi pro, I mean, maybe a yeah.
1: couple in movies. Um, me personally, I, I know I'll, you know, I, I don't know, hopefully one day, but I would love to do like a a, a real basketball movie where all the basketball scenes are shot live. That would yeah. be really cool. Like a like a street ball movie about a kid that literally could just do my life story. Right. Yeah,
0: I yeah. know, I was gonna say that. That would be, that'd
1: be cool. Cause I, you know, it's funny, I say this all the time and to the kids and they're like, man, your life is so interesting. I said, I never really talked about my life, you know but my life has been a literal movie, you know? From, you know, playing on a team with Jay-Z when you're, when you're 19 years old and you get in a limo with Jay-Z and Beyonce and all these people, you don't know what's going on. I don't care who you are. You just don't. Um, Then when you leave that situation and you run into Jay-Z later on and you realize that person knows you, you don't know that the magnitude of what knowing Jay-Z is. You don't know that kind of stuff growing up. You know, you don't, knowing these people doesn't give you prestige, but what it does is it allows you the opportunity to see things from a bit different perspective. And perspective is the only thing you have in the world we live in. So when I think about it, you know, without those scenarios and going through those steps and, and stages, um, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. You need those kind of things to mold you and to make you who you are. So, I mean, in a nutshell, that the, the whole experience of street ball has taught me um, some valuable things, but most important thing that it's taught me is you, you never want to put too much energy into the wrong things because it won't show in in the long run. So, you know, if you want to be an athlete, then you must do the things that athletes do. You know, you want to be an artist, you do the things that artists do. And that's just pretty much the gist of it. Um, And I'm very thankful for being a part of the culture.
0: Hey, in your what, documentary, will they show a uh, Larry or bone collector versus Jay Z one-on-one matchup? Maybe I don't
1: know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to turn it down if they want to. <laughs> Let's do it.
0: What actor or actors would you like to play yourself or other people in like your life that like
1: molded you? Um, I just want to really play Shaquille O'Neal mm. at the end of the day. I want to play Shaq one time
0: that, that, yeah, that's, that's your go-to.
1: Yeah. I don't think I can win that game, but if I win it, I'll feel great. You got the hand. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm, I have the tools, but when you have to guard somebody that you can't see around, that might be a little difficult. (laughs) So I want to see just because I'm, I've always been a kid at heart. Like what happens when you play against a giant? Well, are you, are you prepared for it? And then, um, there's uh, a few different celebrities that play all the time uh, instead of me singling them out. I just wish there was a big tournament that celebrities threw in their backyards or something. We're going to throw it, man. It, Our, I swear, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it happen. <laughs> it that's, I've been
0: telling Muhammad, that's what I want, man. That's <laughs> yeah, the environment that's like, I want to create.
1: Bro, that'll be crazy—like a three-on-three celebrity Ooh. death match in a backyard game. <laughs> Dude, legit. That's legit. Dude. What I want,
0: like, we're, we're NBA players and rappers and, and all these kind of all that
1: guys comes guys go together. At it. When you, yep. when it's win, lose, or draw, it's more about the game. You know, no one cares who wins. Of course, people are gonna be trying to win, but you get those elements together, and it just makes the scene.
0: Yo, I I don't care if I have to die doing it.
1: I'm gonna get done. You know, you'll, you'll be the first one, Larry. I'll, I'll make. Thank it. you.
0: We'll, we'll definitely be the first person to invite you.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna have on the I'm gonna have on the Michael Myers mask. They'll recognize me. Yeah. <laughs> if, if if
0: one if, if there's one movie that you wish you could play a role in, a sports movie that you could play a role in, whether it's uh, like Mike or uh, you know semi pro mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What's the other one? Is a white man can jump?
1: White man can jump. I think yeah. I would have liked to be in the movie Above the Rim playing against Kyle Watson in one of those tournaments. That would have been pretty cool. Let's do it. Let's get it, man. We
0: you heard it here first. Um yeah, thank you so much, Larry, um for Thank you. It. Uh Muhammad, do you have any last thing? Uh I just had like one other question. Um when you were like in college and stuff, like I don't like this is kind of a huge topic now. Um, do you think like players should have got paid while playing college ball
1: or um I think um <clears throat> when you add the element of money to a situation, you force children into adulthood faster. So I think that you know, that whole system of paying players and so on and so forth, it works in in the capacity that it works in for the big schools but it it will I'm a high school coach so it will throw my child off if I send him somewhere and he's his parents are thinking about getting paid he won't be focused on the sport that's just my opinion I'm not sure how that works because some players you know have parents have sacrificed whatever they need to to go to these schools but when players are being paid there's a system behind it I believe and because I'm not intricate in knowing what that system is and why it exists. Um, I would say that no one needs to be distracted by money no matter what is going on. we're talking sports, we're talking work, we're talking, think about being at work. It stresses you out just to work, to make money. Why think about it when you don't have to, right? Why go into a situation saying, if I don't get this dollar amount, then I can't perform. That's already saying you don't wanna be there in my opinion. Because that means if the money's not there, you won't be there. So I don't think believe in going in with a double-sided negative sword. I always say if I'm going somewhere, that's it. It There is no other option or I need this to go. I've already made my decision. And that's just where I would stand on that if I was in college. If I personally was uh, a college student, I would uh, take very, very, close uh, care of situations like that, knowing that also kids are not prepared to go to college and pay off loans and stuff like that. I would definitely be very aware of that as well. I wouldn't just go into a situation blindly. So more so than anything, just being more responsible, not putting money f- in, in front of the goal.
0: Larry, I mean, is there, what can we in the future with you and your business, I guess? what what, what what's, what's the vision?
1: What do you have in the works? Um, training apps. I'm working on a few training apps. I'm I, uh, happy to announce that I work for the NBA and uh, more capacities than one from interviews to live events to content. Um, in the future, you're going to see a lot of content, a lot of dope content. Um, during COVID, I've been making sure that I, you know, my company is growing. So I'm making sure that I set up the right tours in the right areas. So I'll be touring in the next year. I'll be all over the Place you know I'll be traveling all over the place. Hopefully I'll run into you guys soon. Um, I have um, the big three summer 2021, so I'm looking forward to that. If that opens up, I'm looking forward to planning that. And then um, I also got a job offer recently to play overseas. So at my age, I feel like you know that's a blessing. So that's,
0: congratulations, man. That's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, a
1: big yeah. So. A lot of things in the works um but you know stay tuned there will be a lot of good stuff a lot of good youtube content a lot of good stuff going on
0: Yeah, that's awesome can we can we see you playing overseas soon or is
1: that ah man i gotta weigh some options i got a lot of things on my (laughs) table right now but you know i'll I'll figure it out i'm just glad that um i was recognized for my skill level so more so than anything i was thankful absolutely man well um you know if there's any way we could
0: support your business yeah um, You know, wishing you the best wherever you Thank do, you. man. We're rooting for you. And we're gonna we're gonna host so. that event for you, man. Right. We're definitely gonna get this. do. Host.
1: We'll get we'll it. We'll get, get it going. we want gonna get it
0: going. <laughs> Please do. All right. Thanks again, Larry. Thank you, Larry. Boom Larry. collector, everybody. The legend.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Let's go. Thank you. Peace. Peace out. Peace.